This episode of the Disc Golf Podcast is brought to you by otbdiscs.com. At one point in time, if you listened to the show, you knew uh, about our little secret site to get awesome discs. Uh, it's not a secret anymore. It is a site where you can learn everything about the discs you're purchasing before you actually have them in your hands. Get disc weight, dominess, flatness, all kinds of ratings. Learn it before you get it in there and get your favorite disc at only the best discs. OTBDiscs.com. Use promo code DGPODCAST to get free shipping on your next order. What's up, disc golfers? Welcome to episode 222 of the Disc Golf Podcast. My name is Robin, and alongside me, my longtime friend, avid disc golfer, Joe. Who do you think was the best number 20? No. <laughs> <laughs> Last one was a slam dunk with Frank Gore, but. Yeah. Nice little throwback to like the first like 100 episodes of this show where every single episode intro was Joe trying to relate the number to something. Uh, like the first 99. Once we hit 100, it was like, well, there's no number 100. We can't in recycle these anymore. It can't be. There's no football players that. After Alden Smith, where do you go? Yeah. I it, Sure. Agreed. I he had a great season. I was very happy to see him come back and oh, have a good Jesus. season. Sorry. Come on. Did you see that, though? He had a good season. He was I, out for I, a few I years. I did see that. Because but... he was a fuck up. Oh, I started already with a <sighs> naughty word. Um, no, I'm stoked to hang out with you, Robin, and talk some disc golf, especially because like real disc golf things are happening. Yeah, we do have real disc golf things happening. I would, though, at the top of the show, like to thank Alexander Bivelsick. Because uh, he was someone that sent us uh, the DD3 we actually reviewed nope. on the show. Enigma. Enigma, sorry. <laughs> Freudian slips. Uh, which is, uh, I was actually, I typed it in there. But my main point was, you know, along the lines of the DD3 and being more overstable and all that sort of stuff. But he sent us the Enigma that we actually reviewed. We had gotten one in the mystery box, but uh, he deserves the credit for last week's review and we uh slipped so top of the show thank you alexander and uh, very much appreciated very much appreciated so that's yeah we'll probably mention that like seven eight more times because when 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 we mess up right like that right you have to just like overwhelmingly give that person credit for everything that happens that's good on the rest of the show right well especially uh you know the very large genitalia that he also definitely has <laughs> Most likely, yes. I would, I you would. started that boat a while ago uh, with our friend, our friend Brody. That's true. That's true. That's true. But we had other great things that happened to us this week. Surely Alexander had a hand in it. Um, we got a delivery from Russian River Brewing Company. We did. We both did separately. Yeah. And Although we ordered at the same time and live in the same town, but mine came three days later. But whatever. Well, you know, I'm people see my name on things and they're like, "Oh yeah, we got to make sure that gets." And out my coworker right, right away. My coworker got uh, an email saying it was coming a day later than I did, or two days after I did, and still got hers before I got mine. Yeah. I mean, I think people look at your. They're like Joe. Har that's not a real person, Joe Hardiman. 
Come on. This is a fake name. Dorderman. They, have I, uh, they probably spent two days investigating it to make sure you weren't a bot. So, uh, like, on, like, video game systems, I think I've changed. If not, you can find me. Uh, uh-oh. On uh-oh. video systems, like, Joe Hardeman was, like, my my avatar name or whatever. Like, oh, hey, tough guy. And, uh, Hard man. At huh? one point, I, I, my wife and I, maybe we weren't even married. Well, we were married. We went out of town, and my brother-in-law, like, stayed at our house, and they were all playing, like, my Xbox and stuff, and, like, playing, like, Call of Duty, all sorts of shit. And it was Joe Hardeman, and they, and like years later, he told me that uh, I basically just became a meme between like him and his friends, <laughs> not in a bad way, but they were like would have like super good games, like Jordan, Jordan, like just be like like just throwing at the username, like, so they all were like Jordan, and I'm like, what is that? And like, oh right, this video game thing. So, uh, yeah, super funny story. I'm glad you included that in the very beginning of the show. Uh, it's very relatable for all of our disc golf listeners. I think that's, I, you know, that's great. do you have any, anything if else? If they're you? avid disc golfers, I'll tell you right now, at least 70% are also <laughs> avid video game players. You're probably right. So fuck you, Robin. You're like, probably right. That I nailed our audience. <laughs> I'm jerk. I'm, I'm sure you did. And I'm the, uh, I'm the opposite of that, which I haven't played a video game in like, I don't know, five years. And you're sad inside about it. I, I mean, sometimes, but like, when would I do that? Like, all the time that you just like drink buzzwells on the couch by yourself at night. I don't do that very often. You just often. pull out the switch and you're fine. <laughs> That's true. It, it, there, You know, I do notice, and I'm sure you have too, like the, the glut of of streaming options on there. There's like times where you realize you spent 15 minutes trying to figure out what to watch. Oh or yeah. Something like that. And you switch and like three like, different services. You're like, man, Netflix isn't really, let me go to Hulu. I don't know. Let me look at And then Prime. you like Google, like what should I watch on X? And then you or- just go to fucking YouTube and watch like a disc golf thing exactly. that you watch like and eight times. Like I default like- to that. Like I go back and I watch something on, on YouTube that's disc golf that I want to like, it's very frustrating. At least I have it, but why don't I just start with the YouTube disc golf and like, well, because YouTube also, like, the algorithm is so good. That's true. And you go down rabbit holes, and then if you're like me, you get so deep in the rabbit hole that you're like, I have to clear everything because everything they're telling me to watch, I don't want to watch anymore. It's like, I feel bad that I even got here. Let me just start fresh. You just start a new YouTube account? No, you just clear your every history and everything, and then you have to start fresh. And like, no, I don't want to watch Ninja or whatever. I don't like, think I've ever... I don't think I've ever gone far enough down a rabbit hole to to get it to the oh, point where fuck. my my YouTube feed is totally bricked. Good for you, because like I'll get into like the weird like um, there'll be like TikTok TikTok compilations or Jesus, like that's not even bad. Like somehow sounds terrible. I I don't want to get. Uh, yeah, you sure this is. Yeah, I'm not going to go down. I'm not going to go where it brings me because then I feel like I'm going to alienate people who listen to the show. Anyway, it gets me in in places where I'm just like, the content you're telling me, like, this is content for me, I very much don't want. (laughs) Like, I am kind of upset that you're telling me I should watch this. I don't know what that means about me that somehow I got here. So I am going to start fresh. And then it's like, well, shit, now everything recommended sucks, and I have to slowly build well, back but, up. But you don't, so you don't subscribe to a bunch of disc golf channels? I do. No, I subscribe to tons of so, shit, but so I also... YouTube will, like, 
you'll go down a rabbit hole and YouTube will start to ignore all of your. The, I'm, no, but I'm being boomer as hell right now. I'm not. a No, boomer, here's but, the thing. There's not a ton of new. Like if you're no, watching YouTube daily. And maybe like got it. Okay, an I a, say an hour a day of YouTube, like at the end of the night or throughout the day or whatever. Like you're gonna exhaust all of oh, your yeah. new no, uh, for sure. disc golf content. I don't watch that much YouTube though. And, oh. and I just I sub as many disc golfers as possible. See, I probably I watch more YouTube. Feed. I probably watch more YouTube than uh, Netflix, Hulu, Prime Jesus. combined. You should probably work on that. That's that's bad. It's just uh, it's fresh content like i don't know i don't watch so when i go to sleep if i'm watching something in bed like right before bed i don't watch net it's always on my phone and i don't really watch netflix or any of that stuff on there because usually like netflix or any of those things are like shows i watch with my wife mm-hmm. um so if i'm in bed i'm like well i'll watch like a youtube video too plus like the asmr is in there which i've said i'm into got it so like that's my night routine so mm-hmm. uh i end up just like ripping through weird YouTube content, and I'll go from like looking at rad bands to like cool animation to. I hate that. You know what I hate about this right now? Like, I got us back to disc golf, and you just flipped it again and brought it right back to not disc golf. Like, I, I, we had the the stupid tangent in the beginning, and then like I got us onto disc golf talk, and you somehow managed to turn it back into nonsense in like less than a minute like did I, you know how did you do that did you know that double g makes beef jerky i do know that how long have you known that for like 12 hours okay. i just made sure i wasn't the only one just made sure i wasn't the only one. not only did i see that in slack i like went to the website and shit and like got deep on it and i was like did you order some no but i it's cheap as shit Let's order it. It's Florida beef jerky. What's Let's the name of the shit. company again? Double G like beef jerky or something like that. Like, <laughs> That's amazing. It's legit what it is. Um, and by the way, Double G love the kids. I didn't know that. <laughs> there was like his whole like about mission statement is about how much he like is is trying to help kids and gives back. It to looked kids delicious and like jerky sales. Spicy beef jerky. That is. Oh, totally. I'll order some. I'll, Plus, I'll, I will get us. Uh, how many touring disc golfers do you think have like lived on stuff like that? Oh, like, totally. That's got to be like close to home for him. Where like you have to finish out that final nine. You're exhausted. This is the fifth round. That's of, probably why he loves it. Like fifth round in four days, and you need protein to just Listen, like. I'm gonna get order through. us a shit ton of beef jerky. Let's do it. I'm also gonna hit double gem. Be like, you want to sponsor the show? <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Let's get. And you know what? That fits into my like new. Uh, Eating lifestyle too, because aside from the crazy amounts of sodium, the yeah. protein and calories of beef jerky is fucking amazing. But also crazy amounts of sodium. Cr- just gotta hydrate. <laughs> Drink hella water, and you can eat all the beef jerky you want. Like so, hella water. That sounds amazing. Almost as amazing as the show we've got for you tonight. <laughs> can we just? Can we, as listener? I'm gonna step back as a listener, not a, as a, a co-podcast host. Can we just appreciate that transition? <laughs> just take a moment and be like, you done did it, Robin. Well. You got us there. We're going to talk about the All-Star Weekend, which format has been changed 
the Disc Golf Pro Tour event, which was originally going to be seated match play and is now uh, completely different. They had pushed it, and I don't know whether we even mentioned that on the podcast, but they, they pushed the date of it due to Rona and, um, and actually changed the location. It was going to be in Orlando, and now it's in Arizona at the Fountain Hills course. Um, so, and it's going to be a it's, there's fun stuff. We'll it's talk like about safari it. style. Yeah. It's yeah. Great. It's safari for sure. And then uh, Las Vegas challenges in two weeks. So like we got tournaments coming. Uh, we had the Maricopa open, which had some interesting results in the FBO field that we'd like to talk about. And uh, then also some master's cup news that we have been begging for, for like three years. Yeah. Which we made happen. Yeah. And then we're going to do our world famous deer review, our disc and beer pairing, where we take a disc, we take a beer, we review them both, and let you know whether you should bring it on the course. Tonight, we have the Mint Discs Mustang, and we're going to pair that with Pliny the Younger, a 10.25% triple IPA. So this is. Uh, that if you don't already have in your possession, you. <clears throat> You probably won't. This is normally I apologize to people for like local availability and things like this. This is like the worst possible version of that, which is that it's severely limited supply. It only goes out once a year and you can only get it locally. So, well, you can only get it in California. Yeah. So, so California is real big. So and it like, sold out in two minutes. Yeah. 10,000 cases. Not as fast as a get freaky zone. But pretty close. Pretty close. Get Freaky Zone wishes it was playing the angle. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Mint Disc Mustang, a uh, a five speed, five glide, zero turn, two fade mid range, and uh, Pliny the Younger. So um, exciting! This is this is quite the the deer review. We have a a a, a spunky mid range disc. And, uh, you know, you know, it's spunky to me. I'm Mustang spunky. I mean, come on. It's a horse. It's like kicking and stuff. Spunky. Or it's a car that is either really cool to some people or like not as good as a Camaro. Um, (laughs) Spunky is like uh, spunky to me right now. I think hits a lot of people how the word moist hits them. Oh, okay. It's kind of just like a gross word, but I think I have weird connotations with spunky. Well, I mean, spunk. Would... Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, but exactly. I don't know if I've ever heard of it as like spunky. Nor have I. I just uh, was not expecting spunky to be no. a descriptive word for Maybe a Maybe you'll disc. get spunked on this episode and you'll feel better no, about it. No, I will not. <laughs> I, I, I will not. I refuse. I don't know. No, you don't. Stop. I do know. All right, so the All-Star Weekend, the Disc Golf Pro Tour event uh, that uh, was originally pushed. It's now February 20th. It'll be a Saturday and a Sunday. And the way they've changed, so originally it was going to be um, seeded match play um, as they went through. So they're now going to use those seedings to create a doubles match on Saturday, which will be the first nine holes is going to be best shot doubles. When, so they're going to do it on the same day as the Super Bowl? The Super Bowl um, happened already. No. Yeah, it did. How did I not? What? Um, you know, it, it happened, Joe. We we actually talked about it on you know the last episode. We we discussed it happening, and 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 you you 
said you weren't going to watch. So you're fully aware that it happened. So I don't know why you're being a goose right now. But anyway, uh, so it's going to change to... <laughs> you okay? Oh, I'm good. Okay, cool. Uh, it's going to change to uh, doubles where uh, the first nine holes will be best shot doubles and the uh, back nine will be worst shot doubles. So we had a number of questions that came through on that part of it, which is, um, so best shot is simple. Like you take the best shot and it goes in, but on worst shot, like do aces count? I'm pretty positive. If it goes in the but, basket, that like, do you that have to make both it. putts? No, I think, I think if it goes, if, if you're, if you're right about this, I really hope you are. And I think you are, I know you are. This is partially, you know, just for, yeah, for, for funsies, the purpose of for conversation. But if, if an ace doesn't count in tournament play because of your rules, you suck. Yeah, that's not cool. That's so, real not cool. So, and if... if We're going to play a tournament at some point that that is the rule. Yeah. And that's going to be when I ace. <laughs> and then you are purposely... You are purposely going to just like throw it behind you. Like, oh, no. Oh, no. You I mean, Joe, that was the rules. We signed up for the tournament. We signed, Yeah. You knew you knew before we Robin, started this round. Robin, you are the TD. You could change this rule. Oh, you know. Well, I, that's also not I, how it works. My a hands TD, are tight. A TD can't be like, I'm going to change the rules right now. Like, that's, you know, <laughs> is what it is. Did you have to name it the Joe rule? Like, why did you call it that? But I also, I guess you wouldn't have to, like, throw it behind you. I think simply if I threw an ace and it was worst shot, like I'd be like, you would probably be like, I would also like an ace. And then, you know, the chances of you also acing double acing, yes, double acing is very low, not impossible, very low. And for that to be like, (laughs) watch you like hit cage or chain out. And it'd be like, well, Joe, you don't get an ace. But yeah, I would assume. And, and as is what we believe to be, the standard, tournament standard yeah. is that disc goes in basket, it counts um, in worst shot rounds. It's just that the uh, the drives off the tee and the approaches, you have to take the worst shot. Um, right, right. And, and then, uh, so I do not believe, at least I would hope not, and I don't, in my experience and Joe's experience, the standard is that uh, a single made putt counts and that the other person doesn't have to make it uh, as well. And same thing would be anything with like a field ace or an ace off the tee, uh, you know. That, yeah, it's that count. should count. Before yeah. we dive deeper, and I don't know if you have it readily available. If you don't, we can move right on. Do you have a list of the teams? Uh, I I can get to it. I don't have it. Open Not a big deal at the moment. Not a big deal. But it w- it was seeding based on on uh, on disc golf pro tour finish last year. So. Um, but uh, yeah, and then uh, so there'll be the best shot, and then second shot, and then the uh, the second day is going to be uh, singles. So um, they'll they'll go from there. So obviously, I'm being an asshole because I did not read this article or dive deep into it. Is are the doubles based on like the number one and like the number thirty two or uh, no one, one and eight? Two? So, okay, right. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. One okay, and eight, good. two and seven, three and six, four and five. That's great. So that's super cool. So yeah. I mean you're you these is all stars, so you're talking the Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's the, the cream of the crop. Yeah. Is there anybody is there any name you came across that you're like, oh, they are a part of this. I did not expect that. 
Uh, no. Uh, so the the men's all stars are Paul McBeth, Calvin Heimberg, Ricky Wysocki, Eagle McMahon, Chris Dickerson, Nicola Castro, Kevin Jones, and Garrett Gerthy. And the oh, ladies, the ladies are Paige Pierce, Katrina Allen, Sarah Hokum, Haley King, Missy Gannon, Jessica Weiss, uh, Kona Panis, and Heather Young. So you'll have uh, Paige Pierce and Heather Young paired, which is like that's killer. Um, just in general, because Heather Young's a pretty decent putter, and well, Paige... Heather Young's also a lefty, which is awesome to yeah, pair ready yeah. for lefty. And then you'll have Katrina Allen and Kona Panis paired, and then you'll have Sarah Hokum and that Jessica... putt game's gonna be yeah, awesome. Get on the green; that'll be a little rough. Sarah Hokum and Jessica Weiss will be paired, and then Haley King and Missy Gannon. That's that's a sneaky. That's a killer combo. That's right a there. sneaky pair right there. It's a killer combo. Um, and then on the the men's side, you'll have Paul McBeth and Garrett Gerthy. Oh, oh shit! Uh, and then uh, you'll have Calvin Heimberg and Kevin Jones. You'll have Ricky Wysocki and Nico Locastro. Uh, and then you'll have Eagle McMahon and Chris Dickerson. That's also oh my the god, the four or five dude. Are- that's dirty. But also, I want to watch the Ricky Nico so bad. Like opposite, opposite mentality. Opposite, just I, like I'm pretty sure they're good friends. I think they like actually like each other. I think so. Did you? Uh, so there's a there's a YouTube channel that started like throwing out these random like compilations of random disc golf things, and they put one out of. Well, they they they're the ones who put out like the Nico Rage uh, compilation. Uh huh. But they also put out one about like called foot faults or like yeah. And they pointed out the fact that, um, and I think you're right. They're totally friends, Nico and and uh, Rick. I think there's. I think Rick has like a round of theirs up recently. Yeah. But that I don't know. Years ago, Nico called Garrett on a foot fault, which was yeah bullshit. Mm. It w- it looked bad to me from that my was like angle. a Hall of Fame championship round. We um, talked about this uh, like totally at least fifteen. But times what on I this didn't. Podcast. But what I didn't know about it. And you can see it in that video because they kept no, we, it in. We for sure talked about this in the podcast. Was was uh, was uh, was Nico telling telling Ricky not to shake? Uh, no, Garrett telling Garrett telling yeah not to shake. Oh, his hand. I totally mm, yeah. We for sure. I might have had a beverage or two on yeah. whatever time like we at talked least about that. fifteen times. Well, <laughs> damn. Well, that tells me something about myself. Uh, okay, cool. Moving on. <laughs> but yeah, I mean it's a uh, and I you know. Over the years, I mean, in the in the traditional definition of football, that is a football. Like that was definitely a football. Okay, it was. When you look at it, I don't know. It is, but yeah. Uh, but disc golf has made just like we talked about on last week's episode. Um, you know where where I was talking about moving the moving the line back for jump putts to avoid the the confusion on this sort of stuff. Like that was one of the things that we saw that is rare and people don't like seeing it. Like when people get called on foot faults like that. And uh, so yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a contentious thing in in disc golf when someone actually calls a rule like that. It rarely goes well, which is why why. It doesn't happen. Yeah. Well, it's also the reason why, you know, you brought up the fact of moving it back or, um, so, or, or making like that foot fault range, like 
either a way slimmer line or a wider line, just yeah. like taking away that, uh, like making it just super apparent when it happens. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a difficult day. Uh, the, the responsibility is on the player to make the call in the, in the field. There's no referee. There's no, uh, you know, tournament uh, representative there to make those calls. So you're relying on the players who are focusing on their own game and don't want uh, animosity to disrupt the rest of their round while they animosity. uh, What did I say? Animosity. Oh, sorry. Animosity to disrupt their, uh, the rest of their round. And it just, as a result, you don't see it called a lot. So, new idea. I know this is not at all where we're going, but this is what I do. Um, definitely, you you can't have a uh, a person on every card to call the rules, right? You can't have an efficient no, on, on every card. But with the technology that cameras, our phone cameras have at this point, um, like why not f- film it all and make f- like part of you is like. We see things so clearly on, you know, footage, but it can't be a part of it. And a part of that in my mind is because there's not footage for every card. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not. But so, so it wouldn't be fair to to a lead card player to get a two-stroke penalty after a round based on video footage and fall behind someone that wasn't videoed. That's what I'm saying. But what if you videoed every card that's to me at this point as likely as having a tournament representative on each card because i mean you're talking about putting so a human watching each card is implausible in your mind but a human videotaping so a human plus camera equipment well you already got it you got already got a u-disc person taking score of every card well so no 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 it's not a u-disc person there it's a person on that card or a caddy on that card doing that well when i've been There's out they've U-disc. had someone there that was just there with a u-disc phone it's it's a volunteer a, a yeah a representative it's not a it's not a tournament director no, no it's not a person sure. with a camera it's it's someone that is likely a, a volunteer at that last second or someone on the card that volunteered to do it or caddy someone like that at that point yeah so but you want to put a camera in their hand and make them responsible for then Getting filming people throwing, filming people throwing perfectly at at the right angles to assess penalties. Why not? That <laughs> <laughs> I think I sold. I think I sold my position. A uh, no problem. <laughs> yeah. But let's move on because I nailed that one. <laughs> I'm gonna open my next beverage. Okay. Don't you worry about that. So anyway, all stars uh, should be good. Uh, all stars. I uh can I would a, like to can that be our new transit all stars. <laughs> I would like to finish this part with by saying that uh while the disc golf pro tour coverage got interrupted last year, overall I've been extremely happy with uh subscribing to the, the disc golf network and uh re upped it for this year and I can't wait. Yeah, it's nice to get the email that's like, Hey, you're about to resubscribe and I was like, Okay, cool. Yeah. So Into I mean it. their app is well done. Like it, it like one of my favorite things about it is that uh, you you're watching on your phone or whatever and you hop in your car and it plays the it automatically syncs the audio like in the background like it's the app does a nice job of, of operating in the background while you're doing other things. And so you can kind of if you're working or whatever for those Thursday rounds, uh, 
you can do other things and still have it in your earbuds or or on your car audio or whatever it is. And I mean the the announcers at this point do a great job They're describing what's going on. Nate Dawson, it's just it it worked out really well, and they've produced a lot of other content too. Um, I haven't been a big fan of like the gamer night type things, but I know a lot no, of people have pass. been. Uh, but just in general, the the coverage has gotten better and better, and I I will continue to support it. So I appreciate that. I'm looking forward to uh, All Stars, and then subsequently the uh, the Las Vegas Challenge. So that should be great. We'll get we'll get to see um, a safari layout on Fountain Hills for the All Stars event, and some uh, you know interesting. Interesting kind of uh, situations with best shot and then worst shot, and uh, then we'll get to see the Las Vegas Challenge after that. Somewhat boring courses to start out the the, the year. You know, we're talking golf courses and and hyzers and stuff like that. But you know, the guys, everybody's got to get out there and warm up. The ladies, the guys, everybody. So, who wins All Star and why is it Paul? <laughs> I mean. I, I would say that the uh, the the one eight pairings and the four five pairings in both I love the most. Like uh, Paul McBeth and Garrett Gerthy is awesome, uh, and then Eagle McMahon and Chris Dickerson is also awesome. Do you see Chris Dickerson is rated ten fifty now? Oh, Chris Dickerson in my mind <clears throat> I thought he was like. So what is what is he ranked there? Uh, he's ranked fifth. So. That's like in my mind thinking. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, he's so, like number two. He's and then so good. on on the FPO side, you have Paige Pierce and Heather Young. Heather Young is up and coming and a great putter and a lefty. And then you have Haley King and Missy Gannon. That one's a I, killer. You know, like, that's a killer group. I it's Paige Pierce is a huge advantage on that on the field there. But Haley King and Missy Gannon, that's that's a dirty combination. So I like both of those on each end. The the one eight pairings and the four five pairings are um are Dirty. very, very interesting. Yeah. I, I like that a lot. I mean, honestly, all the pairings are, are pretty damn awesome. Yeah. Um there are yeah, it's gonna be rad. And it's disc golf. So that's a that's a big win. Yeah. So and then right after that we'll get Las Vegas Challenge. So really next week uh, we can do a preview talking about you know what uh, what we think is going to happen on the on the, uh, the All Stars even though we kind of just talked about it. And then after that we'll get to do picks our first picks of the year for a for a Pro Tour event. So that's uh, we're getting into it now. It's sad that we didn't get the Winter Time Open, but you know what um, everybody's just trying to be safe. So. Or we'll drop a video next week of us playing Wintertime Open. <laughs> yes. It's just going to be us drunk. Uh, S- throwing, sitting sitting throwing, in a picnic bench. Throwing discs at a basket uh, at Robin's house. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do have a picnic bench. That'll kind of look like the Wintertime Open. <laughs> and I've thrown and hit that picnic bench more than once, and it is very much out of the way. Yeah. And then uh, we had a listener uh, email in, uh, cluing us into the Maricopa Open, especially FPO. Which featured a a new talent in the FPO field that ended up taking down the win over Katrina Allen by a stroke, and that's Holland Handley, and she looks, you know, pretty good. She hasn't been playing for long at all, according to the disc golf guy and and his interview uh, of her at the at the end. I didn't get to see a bunch. There was really only a few holes, yeah. um, that he picked up on after 
after the end, but um, looks like she's got a decent drive. Um, it was a little tentative going up to the end, so it's a little hard to judge in terms of the upshots and stuff like that. Certainly, you know, she had like a four, three or four-stroke lead that she ended up kind of making use of to By win. By the end, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but overall, looked like, you know, for someone that hasn't been playing for very long, seemed like a year. Right, yeah. Well, like well been uh, a pro PGA member. PGA member for less than a year. Less but than that a year, doesn't yeah. mean she hasn't been playing yeah. for... So, uh, that'll be interesting to see if she's someone that can, can be a factor in the FPO field. I mean, it certainly certainly looked like she had the tools drive wise. She had some decent, really, really good distance. So she had good distance. She had really good, um, accuracy. Like she put the disc where she wanted to go. Uh, same with upshots yeah. and putts were fine. And the, it, the putting and approach was just kind of, I, I think pretty normal in my opinion. Yeah, I, yeah, I wasn't for the impressed course. by it, but, but nonetheless, uh, beating someone like Katrina Allen, in a open tournament is a uh, feat right and, and no matter what uh yeah and there's lots of open hole. like there's like especially the last few holes where you watch that piece like that part of the course was built yeah for cat but as she was going down the stretch uh it, there was a couple of putts that looked like 20 to 25 footers that if she would have made them, um we're talking about a, a win by by three four strokes yep and no problem but at but, the same time, that's that's but the game. Regards Holland uh, is new to it, also unsponsored. Yep, uh, mixed bag. I think. I mean, in my opinion, it was a fully mixed bag. I mean, she talked about like all the brands in her. I, I think it makes sense, especially as we like talk about growing the sport, and now is the time to bring on more female pros. Yeah, um, I've noticed. I know Robin has. I know people we play with have noticed. There's so many more women on the course recently. I have, yeah. Like, and something that it sounds silly. Hopefully, it sounds silly. Hopefully, it's something happening everywhere all the time. But it's new to me. Um, not only am I seeing more women on the course, but I've been starting to see like cards of just women play on their own, yep. which is awesome i've never seen that before yeah like there have been women but they've been in like mixed groups which is fine but like i've never seen just a card of women going out yep. to play together Agreed. by themselves yeah so fucking awesome and with that said like i think <clears throat> like ezra could go unsigned for a while because there's such a stable of like mm-hmm. mpo dudes that just can you know are all over the place but i think now's the time to really grow fpo and it would be insane in my mind for brands to say well let's see how this season goes for you and then we'll pick you up i i am not positive but my hope is that there's already three or four brands like hey holland come sign with us let's get it rolling i I would hope that 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 happens soon um i want to say something kind of serious real quick on this this uh topic should i should I leave the room? No, no, no. Okay. On, on the topic of, of seeing more women in the sport, I had um, my uh, my landlord uh, is a woman, and she is an avid fisher. Like, she yeah. loves to fish. Um, it's a male-dominated sport, like disc golf. Um, and she has regularly experienced kind of, like, 
weird situation. You're out in the wilderness and like you're fishing in a certain area and you notice someone is just like, like all of a sudden, just like on like you and I, like, oh my gosh, there's women playing disc golf. Let's go like see about the women playing disc golf and like be cool. Live them alone. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. like, like you may be excited to see women out there playing disc golf and we all should be, but you need to respect people and, and, and not be creepy. Please just like, right. And and I'm really happy you preface that with like, I want to be serious for a moment because I was going to make it weird and I don't, (laughs) now is not the time. Uh, Yeah, totally. Just like uh, she even, she even, told me that it had become enough of a problem that she tries to dress more masculine Aww. from from a distance like you know like the in what she's wearing so that it it doesn't because she's had like multiple people like normally like you go out and you fish and you you try to be solitary because you're trying to fish and like having a conversation with someone is not part of that when you're out fly fishing so like it, just if if you don't give random dudes that roll up on your tips, don't give the ladies tips. Just just be respectful of everyone you encounter and and just don't don't be that person. And if you're going out of your way to to try and, and encounter someone or or like take this as an opportunity it's that's not what they're there for it's not what you're there for you didn't go to the disc golf course for that so be cool please be cool yeah please please i'm sorry i didn't mean to it just like immediately triggered like i had a conversation with it with uh with uh with her like a week and a half ago and it kind of reminded me a little bit of disc golf like like a lady shows up on the course and you're like, Oh, they're there for the same thing you are. Yeah. To have a great time and play disc golf. Yep. And, uh, and you know, there's no need to encroach on, on someone's, uh, time out, especially now in a pandemic, like you shouldn't be randomly running up on people anyway. Yeah, exactly. Well, even before that, if you roll up on other dudes and like, Hey, let me tell you about blah blah. Like, maybe you just need to think about your everything. So, but hopefully the the sport continues to grow. We get more female players in there, and that does not end up being, you know. Hopefully, this sport can become more balanced, and I think it's totally possible. We've got a lot of great female players to set an example, and and a lot of uh, a lot of opportunity. And the, the the game is set up for for involvement of all skill levels and all all types of people so it's it's good to see so i'm sorry i derailed it but no that was a positive one uh that's even the my normal derailment so <laughs> i think that's a good one to roll with but uh master's cup quick before we get on to i have another little note but master's cup they announced that the master's cup out of santa uh, santa cruz california will play all three of its rounds this year on the traditional course so they will no longer use the golf course which they've used for the final round for i believe the last three years at least last two at, le- at least three i think, I think it's three. i would say almost four um, but, um so you're that's welcome fantastic. you're welcome disc golf community we did it as a podcast, we made this happen, and uh, you're welcome. Yeah. So, we've been complaining about it since it started, basically. Uh, it, yeah. We also know, 
uh, that they paid a shit ton of money for the privilege of playing that final round on that golf course. They had to rent that thing every single year. And you're talking like thousands, thousands of dollars, yeah. thousands of dollars. Like, yeah, that's not even five that figures. Cool. You're talking five figures, not even low, that fucking low cool. five figures to rent a disc, a golf course for a final round that could have gone in the pockets of players. I, right. I get on it. a course that's not as cool as the fucking way more rad course that is. Yeah. And I think feet away. this is I I think this is the core reason why SF Open became the Stockton Open. Yeah. You know, or the OTB yeah. Open, sorry. My bad. In Stockton. In Stockton. Uh so I think that's the core reason for that too is just people being like, "Eh, fuck that." Uh but in any case, that's great. I can't wait to to watch all three rounds on the, that classic course. As crazy as that course is, and hard to film for people, it's it's the way it should be. So, I've recently, uh, probably in the last like two months, rewatched so much Santa Cruz, like uh, CCDG, mm-hmm. everything from actual Masters to uh, Chancellor's Chumps to Starter Pack to eras i've watched so much of that i just that course is so iconic and so rad yeah yeah it's 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 always fun i highly recommend anybody that comes to the bay area make your way down to santa cruz check it out it's it's a great time so uh de la viega awesome disc golf course Next thing I want to hit, uh, just real quick, we don't mention other podcasts all that often on this show, but um, I'm going to make mandatory listening for The Flight Diary, uh, Paul McBeth, uh, interviewed by Brian Earhart. There's two, it's a two-part series. It's a great podcast just in general. I, I've listened to every single episode uh, so far. But um, Me too. Paul McBeth uh, was, has been unbelievably candid in his conversations with Brian and uh, just the, the kind of insight that you get into who he is as a person, um, what has gone on with him throughout his, you know, ups and downs. He's had more ups than downs, but believe me, he's fought through some, some crazy shit. Uh, And it was just like, I, I wish there was like six more hours of it. It was so good. Like, I, I cannot tell you how much you need to listen to it. It just, it it was so good and uh, so intriguing. It was just like, I, it, it was refreshing. Shit, I haven't listened to it. Now I'm like, I feel so, like so uh, lost and left out. I mean, he goes into personal details. He goes into, you know, and Brian Earhart, um, while some people complain that he kind of interjects a little bit, and he does at times kind of, uh, he'll he'll just insert like a yeah or like a cool or like just for like seemingly for no reason. But he's just genuinely excited about what he's talking to the other person about. He also either has the most like photographic memory of everything that's happened in disc golf or he's extremely well prepared. And I'm leaning towards either way the, is the great. latter um, in terms of. You know, he's laid out a timeline of what he wants to talk about, and he tends to kind of do it that way, where he's he's leading uh, the conversation through a period of time while he talks to a player, and he does that with Paul McBeth, and um, has the insight of being, you know, a pro player that he is, 
and being able to add to the conversation along with the knowledge of the courses, the other players, and, uh, you know, his own insight in form and everything else. And uh, his interviews just in general are fantastic. But this was, this might be the best recorded disc golf content that exists currently. Outside of our podcast. I, I, no. Stop. No. Nope. D- don't. Don't. No, I did. Don't. I, no, no, no. I would, I would. Oh, disc golf content, not just. Friends bullshit kind of that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. It's uh just in general, so highly recommend it. I I, I think everybody needs to get on it if they haven't, and it, you'll just you'll just you'll learn more about disc golf if you listen to two hours of Brian Earhart talking to Paul Macbeth. You will finish that out knowing more about disc golf than maybe you thought you ever could. All right, so it's, it's two hours. Well, there's like two parts. One hour and it's then two, two hours. Parts. Okay, yeah, I'll right, see you in two hours. <laughs> Joe, that mic was expensive, bro. Oh, come on. You never mic drop your own mic. You know that. This is a strong mic. Oh, they are strong mics. This is, look at this. Wow. Unfazed. We'll see. We'll see. Unfazed. Until we get like the review at, after this episode that's like, well, the show was good until about- That guy dropped a mic like a dick. <laughs> until the- <laughs> You know what, though? We are getting, like, weird stars taken away for, like, such random things that actually make me feel so positive about our podcast. Like, no one is driving me, like, don't like the content. It's like, oh, that guy farts too much on the pod. I don't like it anymore. We have an act. That that review doesn't exist, first of all. Uh, No, because no one can review Patreon content. God. Uh no, we legit, uh, and you know who you are, and that's fine. We still love you, but we legit got a, we lost a star because I dropped an episode oh, last Joe, come Saturday. Oh, that's not even of, the, re- why are you mentioning that one? Because it's like, it's so silly. So you really, silly. you want to, you want to call out the, the dude that, that loves the show and would like us to be more consistent instead of the dude that, uh. Stopped. Well, li- that's different. We don't, stopped, even get, no, don't get into that one. Stopped listening because... Don't get into that one. Yeah. No, okay. that's... that's. I don't want to get into that one. I want to get into one that's... That one That one is just... Oh, that one's just a whole different... I just... Silliness. I don't even know what to do with you in this episode, Joe. Man. I think, I think though, it's time for our world-famous deer review. Thank goodness. Our disc and beer pairing where we take a disc, we take a beer... We review them both. We let you know whether you should bring it on the course. Tonight, we have the Mint Discs Mustang, a five-speed, five-glide, zero-turn, and two-fade mid-range. And uh, we're going to pair that with Pliny the Younger by Russian River Brewing Company, a 10.25% triple IPA, one of the rarest beers in in, in beer worlds. Yeah, uh, I, I concur. And uh, to be honest, I had never had this beer until uh, day before yesterday because uh, prior to this year, it had only come out in kegs uh, to. Well, it, it, right. Well, keg, you could get. Well, last year actually came out in bottles. Oh, it did. OK. So um, but it was only. But it was. But you could go get it in store and it was super hard to get in. So and- it was really hard to get in. So this year, um, because of the pandemic, you were able to order it online. And so I was able to do that. So this is the first time I've been able to get it. Otherwise, you had to go get it uh, uh, on tap at your local uh, watering hole. And it typically, you know, went if you're quote lucky unquote to, viral. And if so you're lucky would, enough for your local watering hole to even get a keg of yes. it. Yes. So it was very hard to get. 
and um, essentially it is the um, they call it Pliny the Younger, but it's essentially the the uh, big boy version of Pliny the Elder, which is generally available. Um, it, it's still limited for a lot of areas, but uh, I I think you a lot of people can find it. And this box was basically the Discmania Black Box. This box of beer was yeah. Pliny, if if you're wondering about the the beer to disc comparison, this is uh, Pliny the Younger is the tilt, except um, they put four tilts in the box. Right, but it was they sold ten thousand boxes and they were gone in two minutes or less than two minutes. Yeah, so um, Pliny the Elder is their traditional double IPA, which is eight percent, which we reviewed early on. I the think show. probably the first few episodes, maybe first ten. Yeah, it, no, definitely first ten. I want to yeah, say it was, it was Wizard like and episode Pliny five the Elder, or yeah. something like that. Um, but uh, so yeah, we got Pliny the Younger. Uh, you want to give your your rundown from from Russian River on on Pliny the Elder? Oh yeah, let me pull that up. And uh, but yeah, so ten point two five percent, and I'll tell you right now, uh, it does not taste like ten point two five percent. It is very strong on the hops, and and for how strong the the alcohol percentage is it is kind of dry and smooth it doesn't taste crazy malty it's it's an anomaly sure for sure like and so this is we're gonna uh, have to make this do review fast otherwise yeah, i'm right gonna or we're gonna totally so uh to run through this the description from russian river brewing which makes this beer plenty of the younger is a triple ipa simply meaning that is higher in alcohol and has ton of hops the alcohol usually finishes at 10.25, although it is remarkably dry for the amount of malt used in this recipe. It is loaded with hop flavors, bitterness, and aromatics. We brewed younger for the first time in 2005 as a winter seasonal beer, building upon the Pliny the Elder recipe while pushing the envelope with malt, hops, and alcohol just to see how far we could go. Each year, we slightly change up the hops based on the cream of the crop hop selected from the prior year's vintage. But the base recipe stays nearly exactly the same. It is always brewed only once a year and released the first Friday in February, rain or shine. So with that said, 2005 it came out. I'm going to like venture to guess because I don't really know. I, I was not at that big in the beer scene um, prior to this. But I'm going to guess like probably around like 2008, pretty shortly after it came out, it became a phenomenon. Like it's known... Uh, you know, in the beer world that uh, people would line up literally miles yeah. in line to go get a pint or two of Pliny the Younger. Uh, there's multiple like movie stars and, and media figures that have been in those lines. Um, it's a It's a big deal. And the lovely thing Robin kind of brought up being from the area, there are local, uh, you know, pubs and bars that would get get kegs. And I know I've had Pliny. I know this is Robin's first, but I've had it a couple times, and it always has been like people be like, "Hey, don't tell nobody," but we got a keg of younger that's gonna drop at like four forty-five on Tuesday. Like, get there while you can. And legit, like, two years ago, I got a text from a friend that said, hey, one's going to drop at our local spot, Old Sonoma. And I legit was ready. Like, my wife got home, I don't know, minutes after. I was like, hey, no's really weird. 
But I already made our son dinner. I got I'm going to the pub. I got I have to leave. <laughs> I, I need to go. I have to go get this. <laughs> luckily, she was super cool. And luckily, I knew the people slinging beers. Because there's another thing, like, it'll pop up in random places. But it's like, you got to find your spot in line. And you only get to get a couple of them. Like, you can't, like, roll through. And luckily for me, or unluckily, because it's 10.25, I had, like, four. And uh, got real hammered. You but drank I got to have four. four Pliny the Youngers? Uh, f- four pints. Four, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. Good Those Lord. Those are my big boy days. I can't do that now. I'm already like a few sips of this being like, shit. Good Lord. Don't know if this is a good that idea. Is, that is insane. So, uh, you know, triple IPA, triple the amount of hops. Yep. Compared to a regular yep. IPA. So, obviously, like it takes a lot more effort. I, w- I want you to tell your story about when you told me the other day oh yeah this so, is the best part this is this is the best part so i review beer on a podcast and uh so i had my first Pliny the younger two nights ago and um i don't know what i thought Pliny the younger was um i i i had always seen the hype for it i had like read stuff but like i like, just had like Pliny for president and i think you thought it was the same kind of like yeah, kind of like i don't know what i thought but this happens to me with discs sometimes too where i have a preconceived notion of what i think a disc should be and that may not be bound in reality like it, it, it could just be like something i thought and i never like bothered to to double check it and that's it so um i had it I had younger and I was like, wow, this is, a, this is like, this is really hoppy. This is, this is very strong. Like I can tell that this is a powerful beer. And, uh, I messaged Joe that. And then like, this is about like halfway, like first, like five or six sips, uh, through that. And then I went and I like looked at it and I'm like, oh, and I was like, he's like, I don't know that I like it. Like the IBUs are kind of like big on it. I was like, yeah, it's it's very extremely hoppy, um, and it's a little bit dry, which is not a problem. Like I I like that, but I but I was basing it on the fact that I thought it was also eight percent, like elder, yeah. And then I saw that it was ten point two five, and I was like, oh, I'm really stupid. Like this is right, and he told. So the best part, like is, the last ten point two five percent beer that I had, tasted like syrup. Like yep, it, it, and this for the amount of malt that is in this beer, for it to be as crisp and hoppy and smooth as it is, it is unbelievable. Like it's, it doesn't seem possible, and there's a reason that they only make it once a year because it takes a ton of effort for them to make it this smooth and to hide the booze this well. Like I was like, Oh, if this is 8.5% or something like that, they done fucked up. They done fucked up. And I'm like, Oh man, I don't understand the hype. Like why, why do people care about this? And And I was like, and I, and I like, that's what humored him, but I'm like, well, I guess I could, I guess I could see that. And then it wasn't honestly till tonight that Robin was like, "I did not realize it was a triple I." I was like, "How? What? You okay? That I, explains I, so much. That explains well, so much." Well, I realized much. it that night. I just wasn't ready to like <laughs> to admit I, it. I realized it halfway through the beer, and I just didn't tell me until well, it was ten point two five percent beer. So I didn't exactly think like to go back and correct myself. Yeah, in the message I sent to you. I was just like, "Wow, all right, let's go." Yeah, no, it uh, is an incredibly smooth 10.25. Um, 
a lovely i mean it's a lovely beer there's so much like punch but not overpowering um it it i it's it has it's simple it there's not (laughs) a lot of complexity to the flavor but you get that perfect hop strength to it and it's a little bit dry but it's not overly sweet like you get on a lot of the I wish we IPAs. I wish we had some cans of wolf mother to Oh god. Yeah, no. Compare. Oh my god. No. Uh but like, that's the same that's the same realm of beer. If yeah. you think about that wolf mother is a triple IPA that's just over 10 that was crack in a can and was so syrupy and wild and we loved when we reviewed and then as we continue to drink that case we were like this was a poor choice yeah with that said y'all got a case of mother wolf sitting around we'll drink that shit mm, i don't know about that i don't think it, more on if, if, if they do more on dares, well, one i don't think they make it anymore I don't think so, so. so if they do it's been sitting around for several years which is like the worst possible it'll thing. be extra like just us on dare well you know honestly the last no. like four cans of that if not eight cans we're straight just dares like a dare to just like pound yeah, the spear yeah. and it's being like okay well i'll see you tomorrow because i'm gonna forget everything after a quarter of the spear. But I think the number one thing you hear people say about Pliny the Younger is that it is the most well-balanced yep. triple IPA out there, meaning that it doesn't dip into that malty uh, kind of sweet, boozy flavor, but it still delivers the, the hop flavor and the alcohol percentage um, of the of the style. And it's just it's not an easy thing to do. So... It's uh yeah I it does not disappoint I I know that I I like had my initial reaction and made the mistake of messaging Joe about it um but he'll never message me again but I'll never do that again I'm never gonna message Joe again that's not gonna happen so I'll message him though um, that's fine. I I recant everything I said so uh disc uh Joe why don't you start us off the yeah, Mustang yeah, yeah. Uh, five speed five glide zero turn and two fade. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just telling you the numbers. Yeah, no, so so uh, fantastic. Uh, disc. We have a, a a really sweet eternal plastic one that's got some like sparkles in it. It's. Uh, I think we have another one somewhere too. But we, we do through this one. We do. Um, the numbers are close. The numbers are probably right. Actually, to be honest, um, for me, I found it very very similar. I think I actually like made a, a really like quick slight remark to it on the pod with Tyler talking about the rift. Uh-huh. That I was like, there's another disc that I've been throwing that's very similar. Um that maybe I like a little bit more. This is what I was talking about. If you go back to that and you're like, what was that? Um it is like a slightly beat up buzz. It feels uh, it's uh super low profile, nice disc. I believe it doesn't have a bead or it has a micro if you even want to say it. Just no bead. Um, beautiful disc. It's a super straight flyer. It's a super straight flying disc. Um, but it's also a disc that if you rip with the slightest amount of Anheuser, it's going to hold that um, and come back a little bit. To me, 
I might call it like a minus 0.5 to minus one. Um, it's just like a really beautifully beat in buzz. Like it's, it's so buzzy in the way that it flies. Um, both with and without a little bit of Anheuser, just a nice, nice straight shot with a small amount of fade, super reliable, but it's also if you put too much Annie, it's not coming back, which is fine. Um, it's, it's a lovely little disc. I, I want to say I particularly love this eternal plastic. Oh, eternal's so good. It, like this one that we're holding has like an iridescent kind of swirl almost to it that is just absolutely gorgeous. And um, I, I would say I don't, I there's no bead, not even a micro bead. It's just perhaps a little bit of flashing at most um, on this one. Uh, and yeah, I, I totally agree with you on the, the minus 0.5 uh, type distinction to it. it definitely something that um, you know if you if you got a little bit of a form flaw to it you're gonna have some trouble uh, especially on the on the turnover but when you give a little bit of hyzer or a nice flat shot you'll get to see the true potential of this disc which is really nice straight shots with a little bit of turn or or even a, a turning finish with like a late kind of fade in. But um, I mean, Mint's made a lot of great discs, and this is this is no exception. They've they've done a great job with this they one. They are killing. It. Actually, uh, we play and like it. Like I would also like to say a really nice pair to the Bobcat. Yep. You know, in terms of like they've got the Bobcat, which is you know handles the overstable end of it in terms of their mid range, and they you pair it with a Mustang where you get something that. Uh, you can put a lot of power on it. It'll be reliable and straight, um, but you can also get some right finishing lines for a, for a right-hand backhand player. So it's it's a nice, really nice compliment. Man, Mint is so close to a full bag. Uh, our buddy Scott, who we played with, who destroyed us real bad a few times this weekend. Uh, I played with him on Saturday. He brought a full Mint bag out. There's still some spots that really need attention but i think they have three discs coming out this year or the rest of the year they need a seven speed they need a seven speed um like i would have loved to the longhorn is sweet and like i still need to spend more time with it they need but, a, they need a thunderbird they need a thunderbird s disc what the what's the alpha then the alpha is closer to trespass than it is thunderbird isn't the alpha nine speed yeah Oh, I guess Thunderbird is nine speed. Yeah, you're right. I feel like it's a little understable in comparison to a Thunderbird. Mm, I think I think Alphas are pretty close, same world. Mm, the ones no, they're less. They're definitely less stable than Thunderbird. Well, it depends on the run. I'm pretty sure, but but not. We're not talking. Scott about told me there's not one that's like a Thunderbird, and I trust him. Okay, sure, sure. Uh, Scott also throws Bobcats farther than we throw Thunderbirds. So. Right. And if he says there's not one that's so a Thunderbird, I, I will trust him. <laughs> I will trust him in that sense. Um, <laughs> Just saying. Exactly. So if there's not, if you're not gonna trust me, I'll trust him. Well, I know, but but you know, we're he told me to those things, and I believe him. Listen, we are a disc golf advice show for the the common man. We can't be given given that's out. True, a, that's true. That's true. For fucking, we can't be given out. You know, Scott. <laughs> advice based on people that throw a mile like come on God. 
We gotta we gotta give the people like a real genuine review for the shitty form and the the oat and the like. What's gonna happen? Bad footwork and, and like the, the I had one too many beers on the back nine or oh three, I had one too many beers last night and now I'm hungover. Or the three too many. Like we're yeah. we're here to tell you what the disc is gonna do for like anyway, the, the normal people. Let's just step back to the Mustang. <laughs> Fantastic disc. Um, it is all it says it is. I I I. Heard from multiple sources when it came out that it was going to be that like buzz killer type disc, which I semi understand. Um, I'm just going to roll right through with this, um, unless you have anything to to add to no, that. No, go for um, it. Which yes, I think if if I didn't have buzzes in my bag that were beaten, and I'll tell you right now, I actually did put the Mustang in my bag for a little bit. When I lost my uh, TI buzz that I beat up really nice, and I was so upset that I lost it, and I put the Mustang, and I felt pretty good with it, and and it was fine, and it did all right, um, but I was lucky enough to have that buzz returned to me, and I instantly, to be totally honest, popped the Mustang out for that because I knew it so well. Um, the buzz that I have is a super flat top. Dis and the Mustang is is pretty flat too, but it's got a little dome to it. Nothing crazy. It's got crazy. a little dome, but the buzz I had was super flat top, if not a little concave, and I was just so used to it and loved it. Um, so with that said, like I just I have buzzes that do the same thing that I have built years of confidence in that um I love and will continue to throw, and I've now added another. TI buzz in my bag that I'm going to do the same thing and I've got another one after that and probably if I really wanted to another one after that so buzzes are just so cleanly in my bag uh, but the Mustang is super comparable especially for people that maybe you have never beat a buzz in and you can't get yourself there like this is a great way to like skip the line and be like okay I, I got what I want. Like I'll I'll rock this Mustang. Yeah, yeah. Or or maybe just like, you know, a lot of people try to build their bags around a, a specific brand, and if like Mint is becoming one of those brands that you can now do that. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. In terms of, and they did a pretty good job. Like I said, I I think they need a seven speed. Uh, clearly, because they like a thirteen because they don't. Yeah. No. But they've done a great job of building, you know, they started with with the the nine speed, you know, mint alpha. And um, I think nine speed discs are just like pretty much awesome in general. Like for the most part, I think average players are not going to see that much difference between what they do with a nine speed disc and what they do with a 12 or 13 speed disc. So. Uh, just overall, like I don't think you really need to extend much further than that. Um, but they did create the Longhorn to give you a, a a longer version of that, and then you've got the Bullet, and you've got the Profit, and you've got Bobcats, and you've got Mustangs, and uh, it's uh, they've they've got a nice little lineup. And it, in full honesty, like I'll go out most rounds, I throw my so like my core lineup, I throw. My bullets, I throw buzzes, I throw thunderbirds, like the majority of the time. 
and I mix in like the trespass for some longer shots. Um, but the majority of the time, I'm throwing a bullet, a buzz, and a thunderbird. You know, a two-speed, a five-speed, and a nine-speed disc. Most of the time. And I mix in a few other things. FDs definitely are a big part of it. But I, more often than not, I'm that's what I'm doing. And like you can get a lot of work done by just knowing a few of those discs really well. And I, I would encourage everyone that is new to the game, or even if you find yourself just like mired with a whole bunch of different discs in your bag, you're not sure what to do, is just like pick a few of them and learn what they do really, really well. And if you love them, start layering it. And you can get different flights out of them. Different plastics give you different flights. And you'll, you can kind of get one mold that feels good that you trust and get a lot of different flights out of it. So, um, I, I would say like you can, that's fully an option with mint and the Mustang and, and all of this. So, yeah. Uh, you know, they could also expand that bag ability, you know, if they made more premium, uh, bullets and uh profits you know maybe i'd throw those around a more. i do need another uh, eternal bullet that's yeah. true yeah but uh i would say uh for me like complete the circle with with mint um they need a understable seven speed like fd ish uh, t-bird ish you know something along those lines just and, not free tail understable and then and then they own. need the absolute beef nine speed like the the flare the firebird mm. the the something along those lines you you add those two to the lineup and i it's done mint bag let's go yeah yeah they're killing it they are here's the thing a few of their discs have made into our bags yes and we've talked about their discs they have not missed with a single disc they've put out Totally Everything agree. they've done has been a home run. It's just been comparable to what we have um, in our bags. But it's something so similar that, you know, we say all the time, if if I went to Austin next week and from, forgot my bag, I could, I could pick up a mint bag, be 100% confident with every disc in there, know what I'm doing, feel totally fine, and throw great rounds. And sometimes I'll tell you right now, I've done that and been like, I'm just going to pare down and throw these like five discs and mm-hmm. had some of my best rounds. Yeah. Like that's what it is. Their plastic is great. Their design is great. Their rollout is great. Great dudes. As far as the one dude that I know guy, he's a rad guy. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're killing it. They're killing it. And they're, um, they're building a really cool brand. So onto the beer. So the, the disc we both love it, but we both are using buzzes at the moment. Yep. The beer. This might be the most controversial uh, deer review we've ever done because I'm going to tell you, don't you dare bring this on the course. No. No, I almost feel like a dickhead for just drinking one by myself right now. Well, like, I feel like it's it's if you can, if you have the ability, especially in pandemic, maybe you don't. Um, it's a it's a beer that you should share because it's mm-hmm. it's so hard to come by. So am I a, a bigger asshole for having already drank one, drinking a second one on the show, drank one two days ago, and drinking a second one on the show and only having two left? Is that? 
No, you're only a dick because you took a sip out of one tonight and you're like, I'm hammered. I'm not going to drink anymore. That's why you're a dick. No, that's not. I know. You didn't really do that. I didn't joke. do that. Not... No, you're not a dick. Like, I almost feel like it's it would be shittier to have it and be like, I'm not going to drink it. Like, you bought it to drink it. It's a, it's a triple IP. It's not something you hold on to. It's not something that you like. I don't even pour out a Miller Light when I open it. Like, I mean, come on. I was. A, I already moved past that, Robin. That was a joke. Um, no, you're not a dick. That's fine. Like you're appreciating it. You love it. I think it's shittier. I think it'd be shittier if if I was 19 in college and like pounded one of these to get drunk. Like yeah. that's the shitty way to drink it. Yeah. yeah. Is like I just want that booze. Like it's a 40. Like that's that's not cool. Yeah. But you appreciate it. You enjoy it. No, it's it's, it's fantastic. Ripped, I, like nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So are we over? Like, no, you don't take we, it on the course. Are we over four on this? On this? On this? Like very good deer review. Like all good. Everything like, is like, good. Everything. Should is we just good. say it's four and zero oh just because? And and just ignore the the background information because it's a uh, it's opposite day. <laughs> I do that with my son. Like, hey, kind of like when the Disc Golf Pro Tour postponed and moved the uh, site of their All Stars event, and then changed the format completely at the very last. And minute. we're still fucking and super stoked. And we're still for super it. stoked. We're so ready. For- yeah, sure. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I like it. Good job, Robin. There we go. You that's get it. it. All right. Well, that's all we got for you on this episode of the Disc Golf Podcast. Be sure to check out our website, throwstuffatstuff.com. We have some silly pints up there. Uh, pretty soon, we'll have pins. I think. Uh, I, I, I assume fairly soon. Hopefully. And, uh, so yeah, check that website, throwstuffstuff.com. You can also find our join Slack link on that and join the best disc golf community in the world. Uh, it's a ton of fun. So if you're looking for other disc golfers to talk to, there's all kinds of channels, uh, on your local area, whatever it is, there's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Check it out. Next, patreon.com slash the disc golf podcast. If you like the main show, you will love the pre-show. Get extra disc golf podcast content every single week. And uh, yeah, it's good times. It, it's also, I just want to point out too, if you haven't checked it out, because I randomly stumbled upon, and I won't go deep into it, uh, like a brand new up and coming disc golf podcast that their starting Patreon tier is $3. And then it's like, five and like ten dollars i don't we do we do a dollar an episode we're trying to give you something fun and if we don't put something out that's on us not you um totally worth it it's a ton of fun check it out and uh yeah it's just good times we just we warm up for the episode we talk about disc golf we talk about our lives we talk about everything it is uh slightly more ridiculous generally if you can believe that but uh if you like the main show i I think they can believe it if you like the main show you will like the pre-show i assure you and uh in the meantime this weekend get out there and throw stuff at stuff this is a song for the aceless but those with aces listen closely you don't always have to hug it hard In fact, sometimes that's not right to do Sometimes you got to lay it up And fucking not run an ace or two Sometimes you got to ease If you want to put the D's and the B's 
Sometimes you got to say, hey, I'm gonna throw it softly. I'm gonna hug it gently. I'm gonna flick it smoothly. I'm gonna toss it so sweetly. And then you say, hey, I hit some metal. And then you say, wait a minute, Robin. Think I'm starting to get it now Could you fill my throat for me? That's fucking teamwork What's your favorite disc? That's cool with me It's not a trespass But I guess it works for you What's your favorite beer? The only answer is an IPA So let's go to the bar And then I'm gonna flick it so sweetly then I'll fucking hook it softly And then I'll fucking throw it perfectly But then I'm gonna hook